Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. I am TJ Jackson, and with me is Taj Jackson. Hello. How's it going, Taj? Good. Going well. Going well. Uh, we are live on Wednesday, August 12th, 2020. Um, thank you for joining us. I guess I should do all this. Thank you for joining us right now. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and this will be a podcast so if you are watching us on on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you subscribe to those channels. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions for our Facebook and YouTube viewers, you can always ask us. Uh, we have a special guest, so you can ask our guests as well. You can leave comments. Please do that. We like to make this an interactive community. Uh, our whole focus for not only us, but for our guests and our entire foundation is to help you deal with any type of loss, grief, uh, any situation really, uh, in today's particular show, it is with about grief as we have someone who is called a grief guide, which mm -hmm. we're going to explore. And, and I just love that name. So, um, first we should do the disclaimer though, before we get into anything, uh, we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it. We've learned from it. And we want to share our opinions in an attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you are going through. Saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Do not just rely on us. Now that that is out of the way, Taj, we should also announce for our Facebook community and for those who have Facebook, we just launched a, a DD Jackson official Facebook group yeah. that is a very supportive and cool thing that we've always wanted to do. I shouldn't say always, but it's been a while and, and we it's wanted to make sure. The, yes, for since almost the beginning where we've wanted to have a community for people. And this group is the perfect way to build that community. So whether you're going through something, whether you want to be a supportive for others, join the group and, and be part of our community. Uh, again, it's Facebook. I'll write it real quick. DD Jackson. I should have done this earlier, but I'm sorry. Official Facebook group. So take, take an, uh, check that out for our Facebook viewers. All right, Taj, here we go, man. Real quick. We're going to discuss our weeks. I think, Today's the 12th. Last week was the 5th. So we did this the day after your birthday. Yes. Terrell had a birthday. Yes. Um, anything else that happened that was exciting during this week? Um, exciting? No. But I mean, Taylor had her first um, eye infection slash two ear infections on the same day. So we had to rush her to urgent care. And at first we thought she was just teething. So we're, we're learning. You know, once the eye infection showed up, we knew it wasn't just teething. So. You know, it's just it can be kind of scary as a new parent, and especially when you don't know what that means. And, you, you know, and I'm a hermit, as you guys already know. So leaving the house and going to somewhere where there's doctors and stuff like that, I'm like scared that I'm going to catch something as well. 
you know, how is she doing now, Taj? She's doing great. Um, we still have to put like ointment in her eye or like in stuff in her ears, and she hates it. Like the first time, like it bothered her, and now like she knows what's going to happen. So she's just Todd. Um, you're not doing that. That's that's Tiana. No, I'm him. I'm one of the holder downs, so I have to hold her head straight <laughs> while they put the ear, you know, because it's got to drop to the ear. And no, I'm not. Yeah, so it's we're we're a team doing it, unfortunately, because okay. yeah, but. She gives us that look like, why are you doing this to me? But that's it. That's been my excitement, you know, but that's enough excitement, I would say. Cool. Well, uh, for me, nothing much, nothing cool to report. Uh, nothing special. Really? I, at least I can't think of it. But I we're going right? to go We're gonna go right into our guest and have her joining us. Um, I usually have a bio that I usually say, but this guest is, is chill and she is a grief guide, mm. which is a term I've never heard. And I'm excited to have her on to explain what a grief guide is. But she, she does a lot of cool things related to grief. So without much further ado, let's have Elisa Forneray. Yes, I said her name right. Okay. Hi, Elisa. Um, she is joining us. Um, and Todd, you wanted to do this real quick. So let me try this. Yeah. Boom. Now this yeah. is in the middle. Yes. We yeah. did it. Lovely. But, um, Elisa, how are you doing? Yeah. Um, I'm okay today. It's been a rough couple of weeks with my grief and a lot of transition and moving, but today, um, I feel all right. Thank you for asking. So I've already hinted you call you are a grief guide. First, can you explain what a grief guide is and how you came up with that name or where you heard that? Because I've never heard of the term grief guide, but I love it. So please explain. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I got into the grief space um, a couple of years ago when my mom died. And I am a writer by trade, uh, but writing and just putting content out into the world really never felt like enough for me. Um, so really what I've been doing in the last couple of years is collecting resources, identifying resources and understanding what kinds of grief support are out there for people um, and helping them navigate the pathways to find what resources are best for them to deal with their grief, whether that is something like mental health support professionally, whether that's movement, whether that's um, some sort of exercise like writing or anything that they can do to navigate their grief because it's really not a one size fits all uh, situation. So yes, the, the term grief guide. Um, I also have been referred to as a grief concierge and just sort of the person that is really learning about grief and navigating grief myself in a way that'll help people um, learn and find what it is that will help them support themselves. What made you what made you like explore this avenue? What made you embrace it and want to do something on a higher level in terms of grief? Yeah, so when my mom died, um, I was really looking for resources that would help me through that period at all. I was like, I need the books, I need the podcasts, I need the articles, I need the people to talk to. Um, and I really wasn't finding people that resonated with me in terms of how I wanted to be talked to about grief, how I wanted to, you know, be okay with being angry sometimes, be okay with being jealous sometimes. And really what I was finding, I say this all the time, is 
a lot of the doves and rainbows, which just at the time didn't resonate with me and what I needed to be hearing about grief. And so I said, I'm a writer. Um, I had been exploring death through other projects for about a year and decided I'll tackle this. I'll bring a new voice into the space and really to a new face into the space um, and tackle this on my own. And then it just sort of really took off from there. You are part of, or you are a member of <clears throat> the Dead Moms Club. Mm -hmm. You even have pins available for purchase on your website, mm -hmm. which is www. Let me pull that up. www.elisafornaray. I'm impressed with myself for saying me your too. name. happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you have pins available for purchase on the website. And this year you hosted a virtual motherless Mother's Day for other members. Um, what was the experience like and what does this type of event entail? Yeah. So I organized the first motherless mother's day for, for my community a couple of years ago. And the reason that I put that together was because mother's day, any holiday, any sort of anniversary can be particularly hard, but mother's day is that time of the year when all of the marketing is coming out, reminding you buy this for your mom, call your mom, talk to your mom, pay attention to your mom. And my mom is dead. And, you know, I realized it's such a challenging time where you really have nothing to look forward to. There's this date looming in the future um, and nothing about that day for a lot of people feels good uh, or positive. And it's just a memory of the fact that your mom is gone. So I created an event so that people could come together who have experienced that similar loss um, and honor their moms, honor the memory of their moms and also honor themselves. Um, so, you know, what the event looked like. Uh, the first year it was very small and intimate a couple of years ago because we did it in person. Um, we did yoga, we made crafts, we had conversations, we ate, we drank. It was a really beautiful full day experience. Um, and then this year with COVID, after that kicked off, you know, I said, there's really not an option for me to do this in person with people. Um, maybe I'll find a partner who can help me take this online and really expand it into something that people can get involved with globally. So we had people join from all over the world. We had about 1,500 reg registrants. And over the course of three days, there were 33 individual events that were organized for people to, like I said, honor their mom, listen to other authors or speakers or musicians or writers talk about um, their, pur their purpose in this work and their moms. Um, we did movement, we did dance, we did cooking lessons, we did we did all kinds of stuff over the That's weekend. Cool. Yeah, it was really to just find community in loss um, and find support on one of the hardest weekends of the year. How do you how do you join Dead the Dead Moms Club? What, what, what? Um, so technically, like what I do in terms of that is I create resources and pins. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm wearing one of them. Um, I create pins for people to wear and honor their moms or honor their loss. Um, and then really, I don't know, the number one way to join is to have your mom die and then to be a part of this club really where people mm -hmm. are sharing and talking. And there's lots of different groups all over the world. There's a book that's been written um, specifically for motherless daughters, motherless sons, motherless parents, etc. Cool. You are also, uh, you mentioned it, but you are a writer and you're a great writer. And I'm going to get to one of your articles that you, you wrote soon, but you also have a blog 
Blogger newsletter. How do how should we refer to the Morning Herald? Oh, newsletter. That's a newsletter that'll go straight to people's inboxes. Okay, yeah. so you have a newsletter called the Morning Herald that people can subscribe to through your website. And um, what can people expect from that newsletter? And what do you hope people take from it? Yeah, specifically that newsletter um, is focused on helping people expand their understanding of what grief support looks like, how grief shows up in the media, how grief can show up for you at home. So I share articles, um, I share some of my own thoughts and musings, and then I also share resources specifically for people who are grieving. Um, so I run that newsletter and I also, um, that people will see on my website. I run a newsletter called Pause specifically for people of color um, mm. in that community that is resources around grief and mental health for people of color and by people of color. Nice. Yeah. Um, like, a, Go ahead, Taj. I have a question. How do you find oh, the time for all Good this? question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wake up really early every day. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I work a nine to five, um, at an HR tech company. I do my grief work. Um, and really for me right now, part of the work that I do is processing my own grief anyway. So part of my work is really, um, you know, practicing what I preach and, and walking the talk so that I can then reflect on it through social, through writing, through the newsletter, et cetera. So my research is living grief every day. <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask, uh, when did you lose your mother? October 2016. Okay. Um, for us, what, 94, right, Taj? August 94. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything you can say that you've learned on this process that you didn't think it would, you know, what, what would you say you've learned or what, what for someone who may be dealing with it, uh, what, what advice would you give them? Oh, I mean... I've learned a lot, I think, about how misrepresented grief is in media and in a lot of what we're taught and a lot of what people talk about. Um, you know, we've heard about the stages. We've heard about what it is that is the experience of like, you go through, you know, the first waves and you cry and you have a hard time and you take your bereavement leave from work and then eventually like, everything is okay. Um, and that is not for me personally, my reality, it is like a roller coaster. I am in and out of it. I feel different day to day, month to month, week to week, like it's just up and down. And I think I really did expect to some degree for it to be really bad in the beginning and then eventually just sort of fade away. And not that I would forget my mom, but that I wouldn't feel like I was at the deepest, deepest parts of like the pits of feeling like I missed her and was so hurt by losing her like yesterday, you know, mm. years after. And so I think that that roller coaster and the fact that it's not really linear, um, a linear experience is something that I learned. And I think for me, the, the really, you know, I, I think advice is specific to each person and I try not to give general advice, but one of the things that I know that I tell everyone really that asks me for that is like, give yourself a break. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's been a year, 10 years, 20 years, and I know I'm going to tell myself that for the rest of my life, that whatever day it is, whatever year it is, like if I don't feel well, I just need to give myself a break and know that that's okay. And, and, and can you just expand on a break? What can yeah. a break mean? 
And that, de that depends on the person. For me, sometimes personally, the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of transition. I've moved like internationally. I moved back in with my dad into the house where all of my mom's stuff is. And sometimes a break is like, I am trying to push the stress out of my mind. And that takes a lot of energy. And I try to push the grief out of my mind where I'm like, I just can't deal with it right now. I just can't deal with it. I don't have time to deal with it. And I just need to give myself a break and say like, you can deal with this right now. Let it consume you, like let it overwhelm you and let yourself really experience this. For other people, give yourself a break means like, things are just gonna be hard. It's okay for them to be hard. You can let them be hard and just sit with that, experience it. Um, and then a break for other people and for me in the past has been like work sometimes, like I, like I said, work in 95, sometimes work really feels impossible like i wake up randomly on a tuesday and I'm like the idea of sitting in front of a computer just feels impossible that's okay i should take the day and take a mental health day if i have the privilege to do that and take take a break from the things that um really at times like just need to be let go so that you can tend to your health sienna has a great question she wants to know can the grief work you do ever become overloading or triggering to you Absolutely. Um, I think that's one thing that I've really recognized in this work is that, like I said before, part of doing this work means examining my own grief and my own relationship with my mom and my own trauma. And that can be incredibly triggering and overwhelming and frustrating sometimes. Um, and it's something where in the beginning, uh, you know, doing this work, I had to realize this is not just abstract. This is me doing work about my experience as well as everyone else's. So yes, it is. Um, your writing is strong. I, I read the article, Making Space for Grief in Our Bodies. Wonderful article. Can you give the audience a brief explanation on the connection between our bodies and grief? for those who may not realize that there is actually a physical connection to grief. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a little bit of context, and I wrote about this at the beginning of the article, I, right after my mom died, I was working out with my now husband one day and I was like running up this hill and we were working out and I was like sweating and just really going for it. And I was at the top of this hill and I burst into tears, like sobbing, couldn't breathe, hunched over. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't love working out, but it has never brought me to tears like this. This has to be something else. And, you know, we sat and we talked and like we walked around a little bit and realized there is so much um, physically that I had been keeping in and pushing down and ignoring um, that when I put my body in that vulnerable state of being exhausted and working and putting all that power and energy through me, it found a way out. And I think it was the first time that I realized there is physical stress that your body goes through when you're grieving. There's trauma that your body goes through mm -hmm. from having to recalibrate after you lose someone that's been in your life. For me at that point, over 25 years. And I think that what we don't realize is like just how exhausting it is to be sad, how exhausting it is for your brain to have to re like reconfigure how you move through the world. Um, and then also we carry a lot of 
stress and trauma in different parts of our body. For me, it's a lot in my lower back and my hips. I carry a lot of stress in my shoulders and that is physically my grief manifesting and how I tense my body, how I move my body, how I hunch my shoulders every day when I just like don't have the energy or the will when I'm grieving to sit up. Um, so it, I mean, it manifests in all of our bodies in different ways. In that article, I was really, I've been really lucky to start writing this column um, about making space for grief yeah. in different parts of our life and our body is like, for me, I'm just like, oh, I need, it needs that room. Yeah. And I, I found the article really well-written and really uh, impactful. And I never really truly made that connection. Um, if you'd asked me, I would say, yeah, it makes sense. But I never really thought of that because I actually am one who had a lot of low back pain when I was younger. And now I'm starting to think maybe it was connected to grief and losing my mother because uh, you know, the grief is obviously still there, but the back pain has gotten so much better over the years. And maybe it's just me figuring another way to manifest it out. Or, But the, what I also want to ask you, Elisa, is what do you do physically that helps you get through this and, and to deal with your back pain or any other physical ailments you suffer from? So I... At the beginning, um, I was kickboxing. It helped me with the physical aspect of like really work. I'd never done anything like that in my life and it helped me work really hard, but it also was an outlet truly for me to go take out anger, to take out frustration and to punch something, especially mm -hmm. in those moments where I don't know if you've had them, but I know I've had them where I'm like, I cannot deal with anyone or the world anymore. Like I just have to punch something and a punching bag was great for that. Now, um, I do strength training a couple of days a week, and it really puts me in a place where I can focus on strengthening for me, my core, um, and feeling, I think, too, in, a, in moments where you're grieving for me, in moments where I'm grieving, and I feel like I have no control over anything. That strength training allows me to regain some control over my body, um, over the time that I spend caring for my body. So... Yeah, that's what I do now. And I sleep. I sleep like, yeah. oh, I sleep. Um, that really helps with my back um, a lot. Diamond Blue. Todd, oh, yeah. were you going to ask something? Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. No, with the diamond one, TJ. Is he, did he freeze? I saw the question. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll read it off then. Cause I think okay. um, diamond blue 77 says, how can you prevent grief from turning into anger? My adopted mom and my real mother died who I never met. Yeah. Um, I personally think that anger is a really fair, healthy emotion to feel. So I don't have advice about not letting your grief turn into anger um because i have a lot of anger i'm i i really appreciate this question i'm also adopted i never met my birth mom and it is my adopted mom who died and i have a lot like i i will say a lot of anger about different things in my life and there were definitely moments at the beginning after she died where i was like am i allowed to be angry at this person who's not here anymore who i can't talk to you about the anger and I think that as long as for me, I'm dealing with it in a healthy way, which is with a therapist, punching a bag at kickboxing um, and not hurting myself or really keeping things inside, 
um, anger feels incredibly powerful and important to tend to because I know that I'm angry for a reason. Um, so that's, I mean, that's my answer to this. I, I, I personally just wouldn't advise on, you know, not necessarily preventing anger, but I think there are moments that it's really healthy to address it. Um, yeah. That is a great answer. Taj, do you want to add to that? Is there anything you... Well, no, no. I mean, I, I have another friend that uses a box, a punching bag, uh, you know, to let out anger in a way, you know, and it, that's one, been one of the things you have to let it out, you know, otherwise it just, it stays inside of you. And, and I liked how you said that you accept it, that, that you feel that way, as opposed to like, oh, I don't, I shouldn't be angry or whatever. You actually accept that emotion as, as a real emotion. What is, let me ask you this. Is there anything, is there any, I was going to ask what books, but besides you, I know you have the, 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 the Herald, let me get the morning Herald. Do, you wrote, is it POS? Pause. Pause. How am I spelling that? Um, pa just like the word pause, P-A-U-S-E. Okay. How do I subscribe to that? It's on the same page as the morning Herald on my website. So there's two options. There's the general grief newsletter that you can sign up to the morning Herald and then pause um, is an additional one. Okay. And then yeah. I saw your Facebook. I was trying to type it in and I'm going to do it real quick because I love your <laughs> username. Yeah. Uh, and that is, you could share it, Elisa. Um, it's grief is hard AF. My initials. Um, yeah. So for all of our Facebook uh, followers who want to follow you on Facebook, that is where we where to follow you, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Another question. What has been the most difficult and, and also the most rewarding part of your journey of grief work thus far? The most difficult would be probably be, um, and this comes back to that triggering question, accomplishing things in my career and my life that I'm doing because my mom died, but wishing that she could be there to celebrate them with me. Mm. Um, I feel very, very, very lucky and proud to be doing this work. And my mom was my biggest champion. Like she framed 200 word articles that I wrote, she was always the per like I was in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago and my mom would have lost it. And I think it's really hard to be excited sometimes knowing that I can't celebrate with her um, mm. and that I'm doing this work because she's gone. I think that's a, 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 a something I have to balance quite often. Is it getting um, easier? No, because the winds are getting bigger. <laughs> It's, I think it's getting harder and more complicated. Um, but I think that I am very lucky to have my dad in my life and a lot of friends and family who um, act not in her place, but will say like, your mom would have been proud of you for this. Um, so that I think, yeah, not easier, but I'm finding the support systems. So I, I know I can relate to that. And I think my brothers can, uh, because it's like us, our, our mother was such a big champion for our music and for our group. And when we started doing our success, uh, I guess I'll continue since 
he froze again. When we started doing our success, yeah. basically, she passed uh, midway through our album. And so, and she was our champion. She was the one that we were doing, not only doing this for, but she was like the one that, the, the head cheerleader, basically, you know, like you can do this and I'm proud of you boys. And, all. and when you lose that, it's like basically half the album was kind of like, let's finish this for mom. But then when you start getting the accolades and the success, you're like, you know, mom's not here to celebrate with us. And she's always been there to be the one that celebrated and it's part of her success as well. So, yeah. Can I ask you two a question? Yes. Um, is there anything that you do to honor her in those moments or in those places personally? I'm just, I'm curious. Well, for the album, we dedicated it to her, to her and that was a no brainer. We were gonna do that anyway, but that at least felt like our success was her success and her name lived on. And then um, TJ would probably tell you as the charity was the other way in terms of doing something that she would be proud of us doing in that way that would help others because that's what, what she loved doing was helping others mm -hmm. and so this charity has really made me feel closer to my mom in a way in terms of because it, it's her name on it and had to be her name on it like in mm -hmm. that way so my my advice is always like do something in honor of your of your lot the one that you've lost and i know you did the same thing in that way so yeah yeah Alisa, before we started um, this this show, and I'm sorry for all the pausing and the disappearing. Oh, Internet's actually been great up until today. <laughs> I thought it was going to be bad for me. I'm outside. <laughs> <laughs> You're like perfect. I know. Uh, but you, you, and I'm not going to, um, I mean, you could talk about however much you want, but you're also considering, because you are younger than us. And you are exploring different ways to do your kind of part and uh, and understanding of everything and sharing what you've learned going through this process. And you are going to possibly doing be doing some live sessions. Do you want to hint to that? In terms of consulting? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I am building an arm of my work right now that's specifically focused on consulting to support people while they're grieving in the workplace. Um, it is for me, it has been one of the hardest places to integrate back into while grieving. Um, again, sitting at a computer, doing work, being in an office, whatever it is, can be really challenging. And a lot of workplaces, especially corporate ones in this time, are not built um, in a way to support people through bereavement long term. So uh, that's that's on the horizon for me. I've already put some things in place to do that. Um, so it's it's really one of the places that I find um, so much joy is in making people feel safer at work, um, which is a place we spend an incredible amount of our time mm -hmm. every week. So yeah, that's on the horizon for me. Um, yeah, thank you. And and for anyone who possibly it's not out yet, but for them who this interest, you can go to www.lisafornere.com. It's probably not there yet, but be on the lookout. Is that right? Yeah, there's a banner at the top um, okay. that has a link to some information about that consulting. But I, there's so much on my website. It is a treasure trove to dig through. So <laughs> people hopefully find something that they need. And like one thing I will say is there is a contact form. And in, in doing this work, like for me, really, if you don't find what you need there or want some guidance, like that's what I am here for. So it's Love there's it. a contact page there. Okay, Elisa, we are going to wrap up the show. And as I also mentioned prior to us starting is we like to give our guests 30 seconds to a minute to talk about whatever they want. 
So with that said, Elisa Forneray, the floor is yours starting now. Okay. Um, I think really what I want to talk about today, I I think is my mom. I, I didn't get to do too much of that. So um, her name's Deborah. Uh, she loves sunflowers and I've been watching them bloom out the window at my dad's house lately. Um, she was an artist, she was a nurse, she was Canadian and met my dad while working at the hospital when she moved here. And I just really today wanna honor her and the fact that again, I'm here because of her, because of her support, um, because of my loss of her and also because I know that she's out there like pushing me along in this work every day. So um, thanks mom and thank you both for having me. It's... <sighs> No, thank you. Great. He froze again, I think. Yeah. I, I had it on mute because the helicopter was, <laughs> so, you know, I was trying to keep the audio clean, but, the, but no, thank you so much. And, and it's great. You know, I midway through this conversation, I was going to ask you what your mom's name was, but then I was like, Oh, I don't, you know, you were on a roll and all that stuff. So I'm happy that you brought that back up and told us a lot about your mom. So yeah. Deborah. Know, yeah. Well, Elisa, I know I've been in and out frozen. I apologize, <laughs> but you are fantastic. I think so highly of you. And you remind me a lot of myself and mm -hmm. I'm sure Taj as well, um, just younger. And uh, <laughs> I commend you for doing this and doing your thing and, and doing your part in helping the community and those out there who need it. Um, I'm going to make sure we put a link of your making space for grief in our bodies article in the description file in the description boxes because i think that's something that everyone should read if you're dealing with any type of grief i don't think that's something that we talk enough and discuss enough in our in our world so i think you wrote a great great article on that and, and i commend you thank so you. um but thank you for joining we're gonna close the show because i know you have a phone call and i may disappear on you guys again and i don't want to do that yeah but uh, Thank you so much, Elisa. And for everyone out there, we will be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. If you found anything you like, make sure you go to www.ddjf.org to support the foundation. We will see you next week at 1 p.m. God bless you all.